In the annals of customer service horrors, this was, isn't at the bottom of the list, but it's down there pretty far as a late night no. I had a great plan for yesterday. After a full morning of workouts and preparation for a brief road trip, Katie, Nikki, Dog Cooper, and I headed for the Twin Cities. The occasions were twofold. For me to reunite with some very good friends from our ESOP, that's East Employee Stock Ownership Plan days, and for Katie and Nikki to spend some quality time with baby Annika and her parents while I dined. Despite some very heavy road construction delays along the way, we arrived in good time and in good shape. Good thing, as it turned out. I had made a reservation at one of the airport area motels that was dog friendly. The idea was to spend the night at the southern edge of the cities so that we could get away early enough in the morning to be home for Katie's yoga class. She is very protective of that special time. After a wonderful dinner with old, and I used the word advisedly, friends, I picked up my family and we headed for our overnight lodging. Our 10.30 arrival at the motel was accompanied by a day's worth of travel fatigue. There was no one immediately present at the registration desk, so as I waited, I read a small notice taped to the front desk. It stated, quote, attention guests. As of this date of August 16th, 2023, this La Quinta Motel is no longer a pet-friendly property and dogs will not be allowed in the rooms. We apologize for any inconvenience this may cause you." Unquote. I read the notice a second time with a well-deserved sense of, uh-oh. At that moment, a desk clerk arrived and I asked him about the announcement. He confirmed that it now reflected the new policy of the motel, which had previously allowed dogs in the rooms. I inquired as to whether, surely, that meant any new reservations made after August 16th, but he assured me that the policy was now in effect and that I would not be able to house Cooper with us. They had made no attempt to notify their confirmed guests of their policy change, they could have honored those reservations made before August 16th. There were any number of customer-friendly communications that could have been made, but which someone decided, well, were not warranted. Growing a bit exasperated, I explained that just that morning I had called for a confirmation of our written reservation, which included my statement that we would be accompanied by a small dog. Growing a bit exasperated himself, the clerk explained that he could do nothing about my now homeless plight. Suddenly, we were without lodging on a Friday night in one of the busiest hotel sectors in town at 10.45 p.m. I wondered how many other confirmed guests faced a similar surprise. We tried stopping by a couple of other motels in the area and called still others, but my surmise was correct. There were not likely to be any pet-friendly rooms available for our troop this night. It was time for us to move on to some other neighborhoods or to go home. Go home? 
Despite the late hour and the fact that I had already done a day's worth of driving, the thought grew with possibility. A drive all the way back to Decorah would get us to bed by 2.30 a.m. That might have been acceptable to me, but I was growing concerned by the very big day that Katie had already experienced, and I knew she was pretty well spent. We considered going back to son Ian's neighborhood in St. Paul, where he lived down the street from a nice accommodation, and where he had some reward points to redeem. But as we talked, the idea of heading south toward home sounded more and more preferable than heading back into the metropolis. And Ian announced that Rochester had one of the same hotels as the one down the street. He said, I'll call you back. Soon the phone call came through. Ian had explained our plight to a desk clerk at the Rochester Hotel, which was not normally a dog-friendly location. Given his power of persuasion and or her empathy for our rather disheartening turn of events, she told us to come to the motel and they would accommodate us. An hour later, we checked into the Rochester Motel, a beacon for these weary late night travelers. The name has been omitted to protect the guilty. We were in bed by one o'clock, grateful for at least one hotel's willingness to bend a rule. We rose to a nice breakfast the following morning and made the rest of the journey home in plenty of time for Katie's yoga. None of us were worse for wear after the late night ordeal. But a little bit of steam continues to escape from my ears as I consider an example of absolutely gross mismanagement at La Quinta. My letters and calls are forthcoming on this one. I look forward to the explanation offered in defense of a late night. No, whatever it may be, I can say unequivocally that it will not suffice.